What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and here with me on the other end of the line is my trusty co-host, Curtis. And mother of all things holy, what a freaking game, Curtis, right? Am I right, man? Yeah. I mean, was that the best college football game you've ever seen? I know you're a little younger than me, but that's probably the best I've seen. Yeah, the best Georgia game for sure. Oh, for sure, Georgia. I mean, I'm trying – maybe the Texas-USC game for the national yeah, championship. The reason that one could have been a little bit better is because that was for the, the whole thing. Yeah, the stakes maybe a little bit. I mean, but Jesus, Penelope Christ, man. Oh, my God. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, guys, uh, I am 100% completely jet-lagged. My wife and I took the red eye in after the game last night so I could get to work today. Left 11.45 Pacific time, got in about 6.45 Atlanta time. Uh, so I'm on zero hours of sleep, but regardless, uh, I am still in a state of pure euphoria over what my wife and I just witnessed in Pasadena, California. Uh, I don't know, Kurt, may only last a few more days if we, if we end up losing on Monday night. Uh, and just so you guys also know, Kurt's, Kurt's a good man. He's not, I went through the entire day. I still do not. It's Tuesday at 5.20 p.m. I still do not know who we're playing in the National Championship game because I went on a, a complete... Social media, everything blackout, so I can watch the game start to finish. Watch the Sugar Bowl from start to finish. Somehow, my wife and I both got through work today. Got through the airport all night last night with all the Georgia fans, uh, and we still don't know what's going on. So, Kurt's gonna be a good man and not spoil it for me. Uh, I will know in about two and a half hours after I go through the game. So, whoever we end up playing, they may beat us, uh, and it may. So, we may this euphoria may only last for a couple more days. But I can honestly say I'm not sure I've ever experienced anything quite like that. Just unbelievable, unbelievable. So. Anyway, as I said, I took the red eye last night, got in just before 7, went straight to work, just got home, uh, haven't really had much in the way of prep time or sleep for that matter. So I just want to throw that out there at the outset of the show today. Please forgive me if I seem a little off my game. So Curtis, are you up for carrying the show today, man? Yeah, as usual. Oh, as usual? Yeah, right, dude. You wish, man. Not even close. All right, but before we get into the show, we'll get, we'll get into all that stuff here. Uh, but just a couple quick reminders, you guys can follow us on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. Uh, you can uh, also find the show on a bunch of different podcasting platforms out there, especially for some of our newer listeners that you're uh, listening to the show for the first time. You can check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn apps. You can also find us on dogsportsradio.com, part of the Vsport O Internet Radio Network. Uh, you can also download the, the Dogsports Radio app to your smartphone and make it a little bit easier for you guys as well. Uh, all right, but that's it, guys, with that stuff. Let's go ahead and get into the real stuff, the reason you tune in today, and that is our discussion of what the heck we just saw in Pasadena, California in the Rose Bowl. So, Kurt, let me start with this, man. If I had told you before this game that Oklahoma's final numbers in the game would be 531 total yards, 242 yards rushing, and 48 points, what would you have predicted the outcome of that game being? I would probably say I lost just because of the rushing yards. Yeah, that that to me was that the most surprising thing in the entire game to you? Um, the first half, yes. I mean, they put up two fifty rush. And I expected Baker, honestly. And you guys know if you listen to the preview show, I expected Mayfield to 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 get his. I mean, that's kind of what he's done throughout the season. Uh, and the first three drives he carved us up. Then after that, we kind of held him in check, especially in the in the third quarter. Uh, and, and one of the things I said in the previous show is that they just do everything so well. That's why it's so hard to stop them. But And they run the ball well. They actually run the ball uh, coming into the game. They run the ball 52% of the time. But I, I, I honestly didn't see them breaking off some of the chunk runs that they did. They, they, in that first half, there were quite a few, were there not? Yeah. So to me, I mean, if you, if, if you would have come to me before that game, it was like, hey, Tyler, you know what? 
Oklahoma is going to put 531 yards of total offense, almost 250 yards rushing, 48 points. I would have been like, mm, I don't know, man. Uh, they're probably going to win. Uh, but we all know what ended up happening. So let's kind of get in, into this a little bit more, Curry. Let's go with the ugly first, okay? Now, this is according to my ad- very admittedly groggy calculations, my very jet lag calculations. But uh, going through uh, the box score and the play-by-play by, play by there, I calculate Oklahoma having 375 total yards in the first half and averaging 9.1 yards per play, which would have put them on pace for 750 yards and 62 points uh, through the first half. So, Kurt, why was Oklahoma able to have so much success in the first half? Let's start just with the first half, the ugliness there. Why were they able to have so much success offensively against our defense in the first half? Um, I think they're there are multiple reasons. Um, one of the first things that really jumps off my jumps off the page at me is how we were getting dominated at the line of scrimmage. Um, that was the biggest thing that was killing me. Is I mean, they were just eating our defensive linemen up, getting pushing them out of the way, able to get to Roquan. The guys were eating up the blocks, opening up the linebackers. Um, we, you know, uh, Reggie Carter struggled a lot, and you know our DB struggled. But I thought the biggest thing that just embarrassed me was the way our defensive line was just getting manhandled. Because I mean, you know, I, I expected them to get their yards passing, but the, like I said earlier, the rushing yards is what surprised me the most because that shouldn't have happened. You mean breaking um, out those chunks. Exactly, and that's the thing. They were just gashing us with the counters I left mean, and right. The first three drives, I'll say this, and I, I, I was texting you this uh, during the game too. Like, it felt like, especially those first three drives, we essentially offered no resistance whatsoever. Did you get that feeling? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's not like, like no resistance. Was, they weren't putting up a fight. Like yeah, I mean they, they they were they were literally. I mean sometimes you hear this phrase a lot. Like they they they, they were doing whatever they wanted, right? They, they could get whatever they wanted, and that's kind of like overused. But literally in those first three drives, were they not just getting anything they wanted? They were. I mean it, it was it was crazy. I mean no resistance. I expected them to be able to move the football. And so if you listen to the preview show, you know I expected them to be able to get theirs. I thought this idea that we were going to stop Oklahoma was just pure crazy talk. But I thought that we would at least put up a fight and hold them relatively in check, you know, relatively speaking to what they've done throughout the year. But the first three drives, no way, man. Uh, just it, it, it wasn't happening at all. I think a big part of that was the, the defensive front, like you mentioned. Now, it's tough. I don't want – because, look, our guys have the hearts of champions. There's no doubt about it. They've proven that time and time again. But in your mind, was any of that an effort issue or is it just pure execution? I think it was pure execution. You saw, I mean, especially one thing that's bothering me in the first half was all our DBs and linebackers, their eyes were staying in the backfield way too much. Um, they, were spot, they, they were not keeping their eyes on the receivers, and that's why a lot of these guys were getting open. Um, they, they were, were frozen. Just, yeah, they were getting caught with their eyes in the backfield, and then Baker was hitting the people. And, and, that, and, 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 and for the way we changed that in the second half, that's just execution. That was yeah. just effort and execution because it's not like, oh, he changed the game plan to make them stop looking in the backfield. No, that was just poor execution by our players. I think that it's the old football cliche of you were thinking too much, right? If you're thinking too much, you can't play at full speed, right? Yeah. I mean, that's my old high school coach told me that all the time. You can't think too much. You got to think enough, but you can't think too much. And I think this might have been that old cliche, just a case of thinking a little too much, not reacting. What happened? I mean, you heard Kirby even say, you know, it's, it's on our, us coaches. You know, we didn't do a good job. Um, we had it prepared. And I, I think he may have had them thinking too much, trying to get too. And I think maybe he simplified it. And I really appreciate it. Honestly, that's actually something. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I mentioned that to my wife on the way. Uh, I was watching the uh, – didn't watch Sugar Bowl, obviously, but was watching the replay of on my phone in the airport, and we were both sitting there watching it, sharing an earbud. And uh, I just 
when he at halftime when he when he took responsibility, I was like, dude, that's that's what you got to do, man. I mean, that's 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 the kind of coach you got to be to be a championship caliber coach. And I loved him taking responsibility for that. And I think you might be also maybe he was throwing too much at him and had him thinking too much. There's something probably to that. Uh, but I, I mean, for me, like it's kind of what I said on the preview show. Going back to that again. We weren't ever going to stop this Oklahoma offense. No one has stopped this offense. All of that bravado was just pure crazy talk. We ha- what we had to do was stop them enough. And ultimately, we did do that. Not so much in the first half. But the thing is, this offense, it, it, they can just hurt you in so many ways. You just cannot take away everything. And uh, did you notice, Kurt, that we came out trying to stop the run with our base package early in the game? Yeah, we were. We were sitting in the base, and I think we're more or less trying to adjust from there. But was that, were you surprised by that, that we came out against this high-powered spread Oklahoma offense with our base personnel package defensively? Um, Maybe a little, but I think that, that was their, they were going to adjust from there. Um, I think that was their biggest it thing. It seemed like we wanted – yeah, maybe it was just a feeling out kind of thing, but I, it was also part of it maybe that we wanted to take away the run first and foremost and make Baker Mayfield beat us. Like take some – Try to take something away? I don't know. But you know, coming out in that package, though, I mean, he Mayfield carved us up in those first three drives. Those first three drives, again, admittedly groggy calculations here, but I had Mayfield those th- through those first three drives, I had him at 7 out of 8 for 93 yards. When we had Lorenzo Carter trying to cover the Mackey Award winner at tight end there, Mark Andrews. We had Devin Bellamy out there on Dimitri Flowers. Who's a, who, he just simply cannot he, – he can't match up with Dimitri Flowers in coverage. He just can't. Uh, but then we did adjust some to play more coverage looks with, with more DBs on the field. But when we did that, that's when they started gash us with a run and running all over us. So, I don't know. I mean, there were some people in the stands screaming that the, the focus and effort wasn't there. I'm not buying that. I think this team was playing hard. I think they were focused. I just I think you're right. I think it was execution. I mean, is it as simple as that? I think it was. I mean, running by ball carriers, arm tackling, seemingly. One thing that, that – did you notice this? One thing that really drove me crazy. I haven't talked to you about this yet. But did you kind of notice that – we had trouble, like, it, even trying to disengage from blocks. Yeah, I mean, there's a linebacker in particular. But, I mean, both, I mean, Roquan even struggled. Yeah, they were just eating our guys' lives. That's why I was putting a lot on the defensive line because, you know, a, def- a good defensive line eats up blocks and frees well, up That's what they've been doing all, all year for Roquan. It's one of the reasons he's been able to run free all year. And that's a great point. You're right. That's a great point. Uh, the corners, too, man. I, the, I thought in the first half our corners played terrible in run support. They did. Like, terrible. I mean, Malcolm Paris didn't play as much in the second half. No, he didn't. I mean, even Aaron Davis, who's a guy who's a very reliable tackler, using getting off blocks as a bigger, more physical DB out there. He had trouble. I mean, it looked like he – I don't even – trouble's not the right word. It looked like they weren't – I mean, I'm not saying they weren't making an effort. It just looked like they weren't making an effort to, to get off the blocks, which was just frightening there because it looked like they were about to run away with the game in that – First half, especially those first three drives there. But, fortunately for us, we all know the second half was an entirely different story. They went from 375 total yards in the first half and 9.1 yards per play to we held them to, in the second half and overtime, and two or in double overtime, we held them to a total of 176 total yards and four yards a play. So, Curtis, how in the world were we able to turn things around so dramatically in the second half defensively? Um, the biggest thing was we played our assignments. And not, and not only that, but we were sloppy in the first half. We were missing tackles left and right. I mean, like we said, those 
big long runs they had, they were just running through our arm tackles. So one of the biggest things we did is we won on first and second down for the most part. We didn't allow them to get you know the gashes as much, and we, so in doing so, we created more third, third and long passing situations, which allowed us to you know try to do some different things and mix things up, and that's what allowed us to open it up and things. Um, you know, we won on first and second down, and. Like what teams do to us when they want to beat us, they have to put us in long third down situations. Well, that's what we finally started doing. I mean, I think they only had like two or three third downs the whole first half. Yeah, yeah, they, that, that's you're right. It's a hundred percent right. I think you're exactly right there. Uh, for me, and again, I don't want to say that we we were. It's not that we weren't trying in the first. I think the effort was there. I think it was execution, but I do think we came out with a little bit of different attitude. I think the disposition was a little nastier. In the second half, and, and that matters on defense. It really does. And one thing I noticed too was that we started going to that defense more, where we uh, more of the dime and nickel package, yep. where we pull out. We only went one linebacker. We either drop, uh, yep. we either drop Lorenzo back, or we kept moved Aaron Davis into the other linebacker yep. spot. We, we take Reggie Carter more. off the field. And that's the only. I mean, yeah, and that may have been because we were in third down where we knew they were going to have to pass too. Yeah, and we, yeah, we were we were lining Lorenzo sometimes. Or there's a couple times I noticed uh, DeAndre Walker back there. You're right, Aaron Davis moving back in that spot. Uh, just giving them some different looks. There were sometimes we went. It looked like an old school true four three defense where we had four down linemen and essentially three linebackers with Roquan as middle linebacker, uh, Carter as and I guess both Carters as the two outside linebackers. Which is we've done that a time or two, but not extensively. We were in that quite a few times. I noticed through uh, yeah, through the you Rose Bowl. Tyler game. Clark at the D end a lot. Yeah, we're moving guys around, playing them in, in some different roles that maybe they haven't really been that uh, that haven't played that much all year long. So I think. That's a big part of it. I mean, so there were some things that we did do. I don't think I don't think we veered too dramatically, schematically from what we were doing in the first half. I do. I think we just simplified it. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think we did simplify it. I thought we brought maybe a little more pressure in the second half. Tried to bring. Yeah, I think in the second half we did go. To DeAndre Walker got a lot of PT in the second half, and he was a big difference maker in that second half. For I mean, did, did Davin Bellamy play even ten plays in the second half? Uh, he, to, what I noticed is he came in quite a bit on third down situations where we when we would go. To yeah, he did. Down. No, he did. I mean, he, he he played. Walker just got a lot more time the second half. Yeah, well, I mean, even think about it. That pick that Baker threw, Walker forced yep. him up in the pocket. Yep, he forced him up. Yeah, he absolutely did. So I think our, our guys, our, our defensive, like you mentioned, the first half, the defensive front played I, I, okay. I, I thought Tyler Clark played well all game. But outside of him, I don't think our guys up front played particularly well in the first half. In the second half, they were monsters. Ledbetter, David Marshall, Tyler Clark, DeAndre Walker, Trent had a good. He he played well in the second half. Julian had a couple plays in the second half. It was night and day up front. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, I think we got what four of the five sacks in the second half. Yeah, and and most of them were. And it wasn't manufactured. We brought some pressure to get after him, but a lot of it was really just the guys in the front four. Ledbetter getting a sack just based off of of pure effort there. Marshall chasing Mayfield down. Huh. Only one time did we do that stunt, which got yeah. two guys open. Yeah, absolutely. And remember the the, the sack Marshall had. May, remember Mayfield? He thought he could, he thought he was going to outrun Marshall. He he truly yeah. did. And Marshall just he reached out and tripped them up. And, and that one time we did bring pressure, Roquan. He he was going to step up, and Roquan bottled him up. Yep, he absolutely bottled him up. So uh, what I, I do think we tried to manufacture pressure a couple different ways, but we didn't. It's not like we brought the house at all. But I think we, we were just able to get more pressure on him, and that was a huge deal, making him a little more uncomfortable in the pocket there. I think we definitely tackled better in space. Uh, we mentioned in the first half. I mean, the tackling was just it was terrible. I mean, even Roquan Smith who. I'm not sure he's missed a tackle all year coming into this game. Yeah, he was missing tackles. I mean, he, he missed a couple. I mean, the one that he had, the first big run that uh, Rodney Anderson had down the sideline, Roquan ended up making the tackle, but he missed it initially. He had to chase him down from behind. 
Uh, I, I honestly don't. I mean, as I've watched every game, I'm talking four or five times. I'm not sure I can remember Roquan Smith actually missing a tackle this year. But he missed a couple. And I think you're right. Part of that is because guys are getting up on him. It's a little tougher for him. Uh, we weren't eating up the blocks like we like we have been through most of the year. But I think we tackled better than the second half, which was able, which allowed us to kind of slow the run down. In the first half, guys, they had three of uh, three forty plus yard runs in the first half. They had in the second half they had no run longer than twenty two yards, and that was a that was a Baker Mayfield run for twenty two yards down the left sideline there, going towards our end zone. So we were able to kind of essentially more or less we 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 took the explosive plays out of their game or out of their game plan in the second half, did we not? Yeah, we did. And that's to, other, uh, other than that long throw they had, where the receiver just made a great play. That's all. They yeah, was CD Lamb made that play down the sideline on this on the sluggo, the slant and go. Yep. I mean, you, yeah, you're right. All right. So now, next thing here, anytime you are down 17 points late in the second quarter, and you somehow still find a way to win, especially in a huge game like this, there are clearly points where the game starts to reverse course. And I don't think the Rose Bowl was any different. So, Kurt, if you had to pick. I don't know, maybe two to three turning point moments. What would they be? Uh, you, I mean, easily in the first one, you got to go with uh, the uh, squib kick. I, I let's talk about that one for that. That's the first one I have here too. What I he clearly that that was not intentional, right? I mean, he. I, it, I honestly thought Lincoln Riley changed bodies with Mark Rick for a second. <laughs> uh, and thank you, Lincoln. I mean, if you're, if you're, if someone's in channel marker in that moment, I'm glad it was Lincoln I Riley. Mean, that's the thing. What got me was he was like, I didn't want to give their guy a chance to return. Their guy had been kicked the it ball out of bounds. Put it on the 35. Well, I mean, their guy kicked it out of the end zone every time. There was no chance yeah. of us returning that. That's what yeah. got. I was just like that. that and if you didn't. if you really don't if you really don't want to give him a chance to return it, and you don't care about field position that much, as squib kick anyway, kick the ball out of bounds. Give the ball on the thirty. Give us the ball on the thirty-five. Or just or just do a like a short kick like in the air where yeah. you know the guys got the, the sky the sky pooch. Yeah, that's that's what got me. Is there are so many different things you could have done. Man, the the, the squid pick should be outlawed on football. A lot of credit to Tay Crowder just for just grab it. What a catch! What a catch! And to go down. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like a whirly bird kind of motion. Is the only way I can kind of, I can describe it. And I gotta say, man, look, I didn't, I wasn't, I'm not gonna sit here and try to pretend that I thought that, that I believe that we were gonna win at that point. But when we got that field goal, I said, "There's a chance if we go down three touchdowns. If we go in the second, if we go down at halftime, three touchdowns." Do you think we come back and win that football game? No, because I think if we didn't have some momentum going into halftime, they would have come out and scored. It's, it's a totally a different ball game. game. It's a, it's a, it, the mindset halftime is totally different. The, the, the difference between being down three scores and two scores is monumental. So being able to get those three points, to me, that has to be clearly the biggest turning point, right? It was. I think it has to be. So the the bot squib kick there, and then Rodrigo's subsequent fifty five yard field goal. I mean, it, 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 being in the stadium, I know a lot of you guys are probably in the stadium too. It completely changed the vibe in the stadium, and I imagine if it did that in the stadium, I imagine it did the same thing in the locker room. I, it had to have that effect. And what a decision by Kirby, though, to because uh, we I had people in the stands screaming, "What are you doing, Hail Mary? What are you doing?" Uh? And and my response is, "Okay, I get what you're I get what you're saying. It's not there's not a great chance Rodrigo's going to make this, but doesn't wouldn't Rodrigo have a better chance to make that field goal than getting a Hail Mary?" Yeah, what got me was actually the fact that it wasn't Cheney that called the play. Yeah, see, I didn't know that until uh, actually... I, mean, no, I didn't either, but just when you find that out. Yeah, when you find that out, it's like, oh, wow. 
But I mean, but but Kirby still is the guy that has to say, okay, you know what? We're gonna go. We're gonna try to get a little bit closer here, see if we can get Rodrigo a field goal. And that was, I mean, that was that was pushing the limits of Rodrigo's range. I think that they were talking about during the game that Kevin Butler, the kicking assistant, would say that well, he he had he was he knocked one down from fifty four in pregame, right? But yeah. I mean, it's like, hey, let's run him out there, see what he's got, and dude, what a moment for Rodrigo Blankenship, man. He hey, you earned your scholarship, Rodrigo. I mean, no doubt about it, man. Just rock on, dude. Incredible. Incredible there. So okay, so I think that's clearly the biggest turning point. And then, I, then after that, like I said, when Chubb broke that run, he ran through some tackles, and he, he finally shows some excitement, some energy. Is it that 50, think, the fifty yard run, touchdown run? Yeah, and at that point, it was all of a sudden a one score game, and we had some momentum. Yeah, that, that did he kind of show some? That was excitement for Nick Chubb. Like he had a, a little kind of halfway fist pump and like the the little uh, the, the airplane arms, you know. I mean, for Nick though, that was that was celebrating. Uh, so that was a huge one too. There's no doubt about that. Now, the one I'm going to go with here, and this is very obscure, and you're all going to say like, "What? Like, what are you talking about, man?" And I know this is kind of a deep dive. I get it, but I'm just this is me, Tyler, sitting in the stands watching this game. I thought this was a huge moment in the game, and looking back on it now, a day later, I, I don't feel any differently. So obviously. I think the biggest play was the bot, the botch grip kick and then Rodrigo's fifty five yard field goal. They're huge, and I guess in from completing that pass, give to give Rodrigo a chance. But the next one for me is in the opening drive of the second half. All right, we have some, and they've got the ball. Oklahoma comes out, they got the opening drive in the second half. We've got some momentum after that field goal, but are we really sure we believe yet? I mean, were you really believing yet, Kurt? No, I just was, I mean, I, I wasn't as down, but I wasn't. No, I mean, I felt better about it, but I wasn't, like, belie- I, was, I was like, man, we're going to win this football game. We're going to win. I wasn't there yet. I wasn't there yet. And I'll, I'm not afraid to admit that. But it was third and nine on that opening drive, okay? And we were in a position to potentially get exactly the stop we needed to open the half and continue the momentum and make this real close, real quick. And guys, that stadium's out sixty, at least sixty-five percent Georgia, at least sixty-five. And I'm not good at estimating, but I mean, I'm, I mean, at least sixty-five percent. So it was, it was gonna get real loud. So a uh, third nine, Mayfield hits Hollywood Brown. Uh, those little screen passes, I like to hit Hollywood with and let him make some moves and get up field because Hollywood's crazy fast. He has him across the middle. Hollywood had to sidestep a few tacklers, and it looks like he was still gonna get the first down though. But Jonathan freaking Ledbetter comes screaming from the defensive line position, pursuing the play like a madman, brings the fastest player on their team down one yard short of a first down, fourth and one. And an absolutely incredible individual effort. You mentioned Nick Chubb's 50-yard run, right? Yeah. It was that play by Jonathan Ledbetter that set up that 50-yard yeah, Nick Chubb touchdown run. I remember thinking how big that was because he, he had the first down. He had the first down. If Ledbetter does not hustle his butt down the field and make that play, and they're going to get a first down. And, and who knows? They, maybe they score on that drive. Chances are they might have. That changed the entire complexion of the game. They go up 21 again. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, we had that field goal, but nah, it's not happening. Ledbetter made a huge play. And everyone's going to point at Nick Chubb's touchdown. And they should because that was an incredible run by Nick. You did nothing wrong pointing that out, Kurt. That's a, that's a, that was a huge turning point. But that play does not happen if Jonathan Ledbetter does not make that hustle play. And I, t- and, I, and I know that's a deep dive there. It kind of seems like an obscure play, but I'm just in the stadium. I was sitting there, I was like, oh my God, that's a huge play. That's a huge play. And then it, may, and then it sets up the run, and which makes it, it magnifies the importance of Ledbetter's play even more. If, and if Chubb doesn't make the run, then Ledbetter's play doesn't really matter. But, so they kind of go hand in hand, but huge play by Ledbetter there, no doubt about it. 
All right. So, Kurt, there were <clears throat> clearly so many factors. I mean, God, so many factors that played into us winning this. I mean, it was an epic game. It was. But if you had to pinpoint one factor above all the others as the single most important reason we won this game, what would it be? Um, I really just think it's as simple as resiliency. Um, you know, the, the, you know uh, they were really just mentally tough. I mean, there's no other thing about that because when you get down by 17 against probably the best offense in college football, no one believed in them. No one. I mean, every, all the fans were sitting there doubting. Like you said, you had. You I was doubting. Under, that's what I'm saying. Everyone was doubting them, but themselves. So I really just have to go with their, their, you know, how how strong as a team they were, from the coaching staff down to the players. I say this, man. They got guts. They got infinitely more guts than I've ever had a day in my life. It's just unbelievable. I mean, it's it's a top down thing. You know, it's the coaching staff sets the tone. We got the leadership in the team, and, and everyone's bought in. And you can see, like, it, isn't it incredible to see Kirby's vision just kind of come to fruition this early on in the process. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, but I think that's that's a huge point. You're right, though. I mean, the resiliency there, just the fight, the guts, the heart. I mean, actually, I mean, absolutely heart of champions. There's no doubt about that. I mean, we'll see what happens on Monday. I don't know. I can't predict the future, but I, whatever happens, man, I'm proud of these guys. I mean, I, I just, I can't believe it, man. Uh, for me, I, if I had to pick out one factor, I would say limiting the big plays in the second half. That's what I would say is the – and this is something I pointed out in the in the uh, the preview show. And I, I kind of mentioned this a little earlier. They had four plays. Okay, Oklahoma – by the way, Oklahoma, just to kind of recap the preview show, they came in the, into this game, number one in the country, with 55, uh, 55 plays of 30-plus yards on the year. By far the most explosive offense in the country, not even close. They had four plays of 30-plus yards in the first half. Three of those were running plays, which was surprising to me. Well, in the second half, they only had one 30-plus play. And it was that okay, C.D. Look, Lamb. Look at Baker Mayfield's stats. First half, he had, I think, 201 throwing. And the, yep. sec- the second half and overtime combined, he had 87 yards passing. We held – we held, and I told you the stat in the first three drives, he was 8 of 9 for, what, 93 yards, something like that, I think was the number I had. In the third quarter, Baker Mayfield was 2 of 4 for 14 yards, and we sacked him three times. Three times. Three times. So I mean, just just unbelievable effort there coming out of this, in the out of the out of the locker room in the second half, limiting the big plays, and we made them earn it. Okay, we made them earn it up and down the field, and they couldn't do it consistently. That's what I was calling for in the pregame in, in the preview show was you cannot give them the explosive plays. That's what they thrive on. That's what they want to do. They want to hit big plays in the pass game down the field. You've got to make them go down the field methodically and force them to do it consistently and see if they're not going to if they're not going to make mistakes on the way. And they did make mistakes on the way. Mayfield throws the interception. They have incomplete passes. They do dumb things. They get some penalties here and there. So that was the number one thing for me coming into the game. And it just, for whatever reason, it played out that way. You just could not let Mayfield torch us for big plays in the passing game. And in the second half, we completely shut him down outside of that one pass to C.D. Lamb. We really did. And it was just night and day, first half to second half, uh, defending Baker Mayfield. It's just, it was absolutely unbelievable there. It really was. All right. Kurt, let's go ahead and move into a uh, final couple segments here. We've got shout-outs and shots fired. Man, I got a list full of shout-outs, but I'm going to let you start us off, man. I mean, I, I think you can just say the running back to the, 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 the dynamic the duo as a whole. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. I mean, Sony and Nick, good God, man. Those guys, and it's it's crazy. Like, a lot of times you have all the buildup to a game like this, 
and the conversation centered. Okay, what's can can Oklahoma stop Georgia's running game? And you know they they hear all that conversation. They're gonna and they want to come out and, and prove the world. You know that they can stop it. They can be physical. That they're not as bad as everyone's making out to be. But you know what? Sometimes you are just who you are, right? And yeah. that's who Oklahoma was, and that's who we are, and we just ran flat over them. Sony and Nick, I mean, at will. I mean, really, almost at will there. So that's a great that, – that is probably the place to start. Uh, the next one I'm going to – the first one I'm going to go with here, uh, since you took Sony and Nick, I'm going to go Jake Fromm, all right? Now, I, I know Jake Fromm, at the end of the day, didn't put up huge passing with, what, just a, a hair over 200 yards passing with, like, 210, 209, something like that? Something like that, I guess. Uh, but he was 69% completion on the day, no turnovers, incredibly poised, got the team in the right play consistently. That 38-yard touchdown run that Sony had where he was almost essentially yeah, untouched. That, that, was a beautiful, that, was, that was amazing. He, and that was Jake Fromm checking in that play at the line of scrimmage. If, I mean, I'm sure you guys probably noticed that, but in case you didn't, that was Jake Fromm setting that play up and getting Sony into a position where he was going to go untouched for a touchdown. All right, And the RPOs, too, I mean – I'm sure a lot of you guys probably have noticed this too, but those little quick hitches we run sometimes on first and second down, you know, to whims pretty much, those are all RPOs. Those are not call passing plays. If you watch the line, the way to tell is watch the offensive line. The offensive line is blocking run. It's an RPO where Fromm has the opportunity to pull those. And those that's him making the proper decision. And people don't really notice that. But that's him making the proper decision and putting us in the right situation, keeping the chains moving, keeping us ahead of the chains that way. And look, I... Jake Fromm, look, we'll we'll see what 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 he becomes. Okay, we'll see what happens down the road uh, with Justin Fields coming in here. We'll see if Jacob Easton decides to stay in and take another shot at the job. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what the future holds. All I know is that right now, Jake Fromm's a bad dude. All right, now he may not have, he doesn't have the the physical tools of of uh, a Jacob Easton or Justin Fields. But Jake Fromm's just, and I know it's so cliche, and everyone said it a million times, but oh my, dude, he has he has something, man. He has something. On that final drive, okay, let me read you what, that final drive, where it was make or break, was it not? Yeah. We had to have it. We had to have it. And you have a true freshman quarterback. Hits Terry Godwin for 15 yards. Hits Sony for 70. And that was an incredible play to Sony, right? That was from, and one of the things that you and I have kind of criticized from for early in the season was when he scrambles, he didn't have his eyes down the field, right? Yeah, he, was he, just, he really has worked on that. He, he's worked on that, and that was case in point to Sony. He he kind of scrambles a little bit, makes a little bit of a play with his legs. I thought he was going to tuck it and run. I think he thought he was going to tuck it and run it, but he kept his eyes downfield. Sony flashes across the middle from hits him, 17 yards, boom, huge play. Then the, after that, we follow that up with with, with uh, two uh, incomplete passes, third and 10. This is this is the, the this is it, man. This is all for all the marbles here. Or not all, I shouldn't say for all the marbles. This is for the game. Third and 10. Hits Terry Godwin for, for 16 yards to the 6-yard line with a minute, 4 seconds left. I mean, are you kidding me? Next play, draws pass interference to Wims. Get the ball on the 2-yard line, and the rest is history. So, when we had to have Jake Fromm when it counted most, as a true freshman, the dude showed up like he's been doing his entire life. The moment is never too big for him. So, I mean, I just... I know if I was a true freshman out there in that moment, I would I would have I would have collapsed. I mean, there's no way I could have done that. So maybe it's just me just admiring him from afar. But incredible effort by Jay Fromm. I, I know the numbers weren't that. I know you guys want to see him throw for 500 plus yards every game, but that's not what he's asked to do. What he's asked to do, he executes it very very well. All right, who are you going with next, man? Um, next I'm gonna go with Roquan. You know, we talked about how he struggled in the first half, but one play that sticks out to me the most is on that first overtime on that third and two. Oh my god. Uh, 
that where I mean Reggie Carter did a good job getting to the guy and slowed him down, but Roquan stood him up oh and my drove God. him back. If, if Roquan isn't him, he's probably gonna fall forward for a first down. Yeah, Roquan stuffed him and gave him no chance to go forward. He pushed him he back. He smacked him and then that was the the end I was sitting in the end zone there, the Georgia end zone, the black end zone. So the entire overtime period is right in front of me. And I, that lick, you just hear it. it. was visceral, man. You could just hear it in the air. It was just, oh, God. But what a freaking play. The velocity he arrived to play, I mean, just unbelievable. You know, in the first half, he, he you know, got to be fair. He, you're right. He wasn't, uh, he, didn't, he, did not, he didn't play his best. Let's say that. And part of it was because there were more guys on, you know, the, the linemen up front were not eating up the blocks like, they, like you had mentioned. But in the second half, he came to play, man. He came to play. He was flying all over the field. That was a huge play. A couple other plays that he made that were, that were similar fashion. But, I mean, he showed it. He showed why he was the, the Buckus Award winner. I mean, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, next guy for me, I'm going to I'm gonna go on the defensive line here. And I'm going to go with Tyler Clark. I thought, I thought he was the one guy on the defensive line all game long who played well. And there were moments where I, they couldn't block him. They could not block him. If he wasn't making the play, he was in the backfield uh, disrupting things. He had a sack, two tackles for loss. I thought Tyler Clark just played outstanding. I really did. So kudos to him. Uh, and, I'm, and since I already mentioned, I'm, I'm just going to throw Jonathan Ledbetter out there again. The, the play he made, again, that opening drive, chasing the play down from, from behind, from, the, from his defensive line position to, 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 to tackle the fastest player on Oklahoma's team, Marquise Brown. Huge play. So Clark, Ledbetter, defensive line, shout out, guys, for sure. Who else you got, man? I think I go with the offensive line. I mean, you can't look at this to give the running backs credit without giving them some credit. Absolutely, hundred percent across the board. Across the board, Big Ben throwing people I mean, around. Not, not, I gotta say, not only the offensive line but the wide receivers. I mean, that's my were, next I mean, one. Like so, oh, Sony's the one where Fromm does good job. Don't He's steal it from me. Riley Ridley drove the guy. I was screaming. Down. I I wasn't when that play happened. I wasn't screaming for Sony. I was screaming obscenities. But about Riley Ridley. Riley freaking Ridley. Just screaming it out loud. People thought I was crazy. Like, what are you talking about? I said, watch the freaking replay. You're right. He literally drove him out of bounds, right? And that, I, that's the thing. I mean, it's not only our offensive line, but I would say our downfield blocking is just in, just improved so much. And that's buy-in. You have to make – receivers have to buy-in. That, that's not natural for receivers to do. It's just not. So – and, but that, that play, Fromm got Fromm gets him in the right play there. But if and that would have been about a twenty-five yard game without Ridley. But if Ridley doesn't make that block, I don't know if it's a touchdown. But Ridley cleared that path, and no one's going to notice that because they see Sony, right? But Riley really made Riley Ridley and Jake Fromm made that play happen. They made it happen. There's no doubt. Uh, all right, so you stole that, loser. Uh, now I guess I got to go Rodrigo Rodrigo Blankenship, right? Yeah. I mean, the, now I, I gotta say, when he missed that first field goal, I was not very happy with Rodrigo. I was not happy. In fact, I was, I was not. It wasn't just him. I was upset. I was really upset with Kendall Baker. Actually, was yeah, the problem. Yeah, that's that's, that's who I was upset with. And then I kind of just threw my hatred on. I just threw my, I threw it all, all my ire on Rodrigo there. But God, you can't do that. I mean, geez, Kendall Baker. I mean, I'll get to him in a minute. But Rodrigo, fifty-five yarder man. Great job, kickoffs, awesome. Yeah, you got anyone else to shout out to? Um, I mean, I think I think there's tons of people. I mean, we've said DeAndre Walker stepped up. Sure. Um, and, but, so many people know. for to have an effort like that. You could say, I mean, you could the list could go on and on. Uh, one more guy I'm gonna throw out here before we move on to the shots fired. Kirby Smart. Yeah. Kirby Smart. I mean, Jesus. I mean, it, it wasn't pretty in the first half, man. It wasn't pretty, but this team fights. 
and they have the personality of their head coach, and they fight for him. They've bought in. They love this man. He loves them. I love him. I mean, we all you got to man. You've got to. I. I it's just how can you not? But the way he held this team together and had them still believing, coming out and playing in the second half. I mean, it's just it's absolutely crazy. And, and, and going back to the third quarter, you know, and to me this is a, the sign of a really good coach. What do your teams do in the third quarter coming out after halftime, right? Well, we outscored Oklahoma 14-0 in the third quarter, which brings our season total in the third quarter against our opponents where we have outscored them 141-27 to in the third quarter of football games this year. That's in pure insanity. And I think Kirby Smart's a big part, not just him, but his whole staff, but Kirby Smart is the one that sets the tone there. So cannot have a shout-out list without Kirby Smart being on that one. All right, Kurt, and I don't have as many I, I'm on the shots fired. I really don't want to go too hard, too hard on this because it was such an incredible game, and everyone played their hearts out. So I don't want to be hating on people too much here, but there's a few things we gotta got to bring up here. So I'm going to give you the honors, man. I'm going to let you start. Who are you going with first? Uh, definitely. I mean, we mentioned it. Someone should go ahead and throw it at Kendall Baker. You can't yeah. be jumping off sides at second down in inches. Can't do it, man. Not when every and against a team like Oklahoma, every possession matters. You could not. We. I mean, I guess we could have. We could have ultimately afforded to fall behind that far and come back and win. But it, it, it certainly made it more difficult than it had to be, right? Yeah. And at that point, we just couldn't afford it. Second inches on the Oklahoma twenty-nine. Second and five, and then that moves it back to second and five-ish, six-ish. Got to settle for the field goal attempt. If you miss it, then they then to, to kind of magnify that issue. Not only did, did that happen, but then Oklahoma comes back on the ensuing drive and sub, subsequently goes up twenty-one-seven, and then it looks like they might run away with the thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. He's on my list for sure. Uh, you mentioned him a little bit earlier, and I don't want to dog on him too much because he played out outside of the times he was taking off the field for schematic reasons, right? When bringing in nickelbacks and dime coverages. Reggie Carr played – I mean, there was no other linebacker that came in for him. You know, he, he played his heart out. And he's a great dude. He's a great leader, a DGD all the way, man. But there were times that he uh, he seriously hurt us, did he not? Yeah. I mean, missing guy, missing tackles. Honestly, letting guys run right by him without even really making an effort to try to tackle. Almost like just getting stuck in his tracks. I mean, and I'm not saying he wasn't making – he wasn't trying. He was. But almost like he just didn't know what to do, wasn't sure. Was and like going back to like thinking too much, maybe I don't know. But and, and look, he's the guy. I want to say this about Rich Carter. You know what? At least he was available, right? At least he had he's done things the right way and has not hurt his team with selfish behavior. So Reggie, I got to give you props for that, man. I'm going to give you a shout out for that. But the play on the field, it's it's still like we said all year. It's a drop off from Nature's Patrick, right? Would you still are you still with me on that? Yeah. It, it just is. And and I guess we do we have to go ahead and, and fire another shot at Nature's Patrick for putting us in that position where Reggie has to play all, pretty much the entire game? You could, but it's like being a dead horse. Yeah, I mean, I, we all know that story. No, I just don't want to go too far there. Yeah, all right. Anyone, who else you got on the shots fire list? Dominic Sanders. Yeah, he had the pick, but other than that, he played very poorly. He was not physical in stopping the run game, mm. and he got caught hit with his eyes. That hard. first touchdown pass to Marquise Brown? Yeah, in the back of the end zone. That was I mean that was Sanders. I don't know what he. I honestly don't know what he's doing. The one where it was on Reggie Carter and Sanders both, where they got caught looking the backfield, which Andrews got that like 30, 40 yard catch yeah. in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you definitely throw and, a shot I mean, there. And that thing about that is he's a senior. He, you know, they talk about it's his fifty second start. Well, starts. he didn't play like it for the most part. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He's another great guy too. I mean, he's another guy like Reggie. I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna kind of mix the the. 
the fire here, a little bit of honey. But uh, you know, he's yes, he had, he didn't play great all the time. He doesn't play great all the time. But he's always out there. He's a warrior. Uh, he's done things the right way since the second he stepped foot on campus. I love the guy, but you're right. I mean, calling him out for his play, there were some moments just like, dude, what are you doing? You can't do that when you've got 52 starts under your belt. You just can't. And I'm honestly, we're we're very fortunate that did not cause us to lose that football game. We are. Uh, and I'm gonna take it a step further. I'm gonna say the the entire secondary in the first half. In the first half. Now, the second half, they stepped up their game. I really believe they did. But in the first half, I, I honestly, I don't know what we're. And, and I'm not talking about just defending the pass. I'm talking about getting off blocks and, the, and run support. It it was bad, and it was across the board in the secondary. In my opinion, I thought Jr. Jr. Reed was probably the one that played the best of them. Is that fair to say? Jr. Reed and Baker, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah Baker Baker Baker's been a stud for us all year in coverage. But I, I'll still say this: I just we're good in the secondary. Would you agree with me if I said that we still just are not special yet in the secondary? I will say to the people listening to this, is if you ever wonder why all of a sudden we're dropping some of our commits on this class, it's because we're wanting true, true, as close to shut down corners as you can get. And that, and yesterday, or, you know, Monday's night game was a prime example of why we're trying to get better corners. We need instant impact type guys. Yeah, we need, like, like when we got Nadab Joseph and we're trying to get either Tyson Campbell or Isaac Taylor Stewart, some of those kids, that's why we're doing that. Yeah. We, and, we, and, and I have high hopes for Amir Speed down, down, the, uh, yeah, speed, down the road I think here. We'll do, I think Speed will be great, too. But I'm hearing good things about Mark over, Webb, too. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, overall, though, that's why we're going after kids like I'd that. Because you see that we'll, we'd have to play the most perfect game to even yeah. slowly shut, slow down a team like that. Yeah. Defense, and I still, I still mean, I agree with you. I still maintain that we have more talented players on the bench right now who just aren't mentally ready yet. Like the Richard LeCount, there's, you can never convince me that Richard LeCount is not more talented than, than J.R. Reed and Dominic he's, Sanders. He's, more, he's way more talented than Sanders. Let's be yeah, honest. But he just, he's not he's there not yet. There yet. And when, he, but when, when, it, when he is there and it does click, which hopefully will be next year, the, we're not. There's there's not going to be a drop off at safety. No, I, there might be a step. Up. There's going there's going to be a step up it's when yeah, it clicks for thing. him. Everyone talks about all the seniors we're losing. I'm like I'm not trying to be mean. We will lose the experience, but talent wise, will be a step up. I'm I'm okay with. I mean, I, you don't want to lose the experience and the leadership. The leader. I think the leadership is what's going to hurt us the most. More leadership without getting these kids in there. That's fair. That's true. That's true. And from all accounts, LeCount has the leadership qualities. Uh, I mean, he was the leader leader of that, of that, that class. class. Yeah. The Sigma 17 class, he absolutely was. He was. So, I mean, I just, I again, I just don't think we're special in the secondary yet. Uh, but I, I will say, again, I'm trying to mix the, the good with the bad here. We have some fighters, though, okay? They they got no quit in them, all right? They have hearts of champions, but still. Yeah, Davis made some great plays in the second half. Yeah. The they, they didn't quit, man. I mean, they didn't quit. So, that, there's a, and, and that's, that, that's a, that, that means a lot, okay? Football is not just about pure athletic ability and talent. It's a, that's a lot of it for sure. But you got to have a heart. You got to have heart, man. And our guys got that in spades. So that, that's what we're playing on right now. I mean, we're not the most athletically athletically imposed in secondary, uh, and it kind of showed up in the first half. But the guys responded like they have all year in the second half. So a little good, a little bad there. But I mean, there's not much to go at negative here, and I don't want to go. I mean, you got anything else the shot on the shots fired segment here? Because I don't, I, don't I really think don't. We've been hard enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to go too hard on that. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us here today on the Glory UJ podcast. Sorry, if it was a little choppy here. I am seriously on zero hours of sleep. Uh, tried to prep a little bit on the plane. Didn't get much time to do that. 
but uh, hope, still, hope you guys enjoyed the show here. We'll obviously be back once I watch the, the Sugar Bowl tonight. We'll be back with our Sugar Bowl preview, or the National Championship preview show. Oh my God, dude, I can't believe it's, it's like, it's kind of just now hitting me. But we will be back with a preview of the National Freaking Championship game on Friday. So make sure to check back with us, guys. You will not want to miss it, which I give you the most comprehensive preview that you will find anywhere. Like we always try to, at least that's our endeavor, whether we hit that mark or not. I don't know. I guess that's up to you guys. But we give it our best shot. But for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Always appreciate you guys listening. Rate and review the show on your preferred platform. We'd really appreciate that. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.